1: Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com.
2: AM 560 WFIL.com on the app as well. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. A couple minutes after 4. Gorgeous day. A lot of sun the rest of the afternoon. 84 the high. Clear night. Low 56. Sunday tomorrow, high 80. Phillies won 4-1 last night over Miami. They play again tonight, Game 2 of their Wild Card Series. If the Phillies win, they move on to the Division Series next. First things first, we have a special segment coming up later on featuring some audio I was able to gather last night. Went to the game and covered that and had a chance to talk to some of the players. So we'll feature that a little later on in the program. But first up, we're very glad to bring on board Dr. Robert Jeffress from Pathway to Victory. Hello, sir. How are you today?
3: Tim great to be back with you thanks for having me
2: yes it feels like you were just here <laughs> I know it. <laughs> uh,
3: I know it. getting to be a regular in Philadelphia which
2: is a great thing we had the faith and freedom summit in September with our sister station Philadelphia's am 990 the answer and I, I, w- I don't want to forget you know thank you for coming it's a long way for you to travel and also for the wisdom and insight you shared that night how, how did you feel the evening went for you, you oh it moment.
3: was great I was with Dennis Prager again Uh, This week to talk about my book the 10 and we were talking about just what a great evening that was of discussion
2: Oh, excellent. Well, let's jump right into it We're giving it away all month uh, on WFIL the 10 how to live and love in a world that has lost its way So you've written plenty of books many of them bestsellers. Why this one at this point in your life?
3: Well, I think Tim the subtitle how to live and love in a world that has lost its way says it all I mean, nobody, regardless of your political persuasion, would doubt we are living in chaotic times. Uh, chaos is uh, is uh, viewed in our politics, it's seen in our morality, it's seen in our spirituality or lack thereof. And you have to answer, ask the question, what is the answer to all of this chaos? You know, I think about Abraham Lincoln back in March of 1863 in the midst of the Civil War, He issued the first declaration of repentance and prayer, and he said – and he asked the question, why is it that our nation is being torn apart in this civil war? And then he answered his own question. He said, we have forgotten God. And, Tim, I think the same answer applies today. You know, we have forgotten God. We have forgotten God's laws. We think we have a better way than God has, and the result of that is always chaos. And this book, The Ten, is about the Ten Commandments. They're 3,500 years old, but they're more relevant today than perhaps ever before. And we take a fresh look at the Ten Commandments and why they really are the best way to live our lives.
2: One of them, uh, of course, that I find particularly of interest, being a dad – and my wife and I with our five children is the commandment to honor our parents. And that can take a lot of different uh, – we actually think about it as, as parents of children who are 25, 23, I guess 20, 17, and 13. So even for us to receive that honor and how does that work? And then people are grown and adult and out of the house and even after their parents have passed. What are your thoughts on how to honor your parents? Because it's the first commandment or the promise that it may go well with you, right, and live a long life well, on the I- earth.
3: And, and uh, again, uh, God was talking to the nation of Israel. It's not a promise necessarily that if you keep that commandment, you're going to, you know, live to be 150. Right. It's that it may go well with you in the land. This was necessary for Israel's national survival, or that of any nation, Tim, including America. You have to learn that basic. Principle of authority, submitting to authority early in life, or there's going to be anarchy in your home and in your nation. And the way we learn to obey authority is, first of all, with our father and mother. If we don't learn to obey them, we won't obey teachers or employers or government officials. So for a child, honoring your father and mother means to obey them, unless they ask you to do something that violates Scripture. When you get to the age of your kids, Tim, that you're talking about, they're out of the house perhaps. Still, children can at least consult with their parents, listen to the advice of their parents if they don't even always follow that advice. But we can also honor or dishonor our parents after they're dead by what we choose to say about them and what we choose to remember about them. I mean, look, we're all um, mess up in our parenting uh, in some ways. Uh, I know I have things I wish I had done over again, but thankfully, my both daughters, who are out of our house now, uh, they don't remind me of all of my mistakes. <laughs> yeah. they, che- they choose to remember the good things yeah. that we taught them. And uh, even after we're gone, hopefully they will honor us by not writing a tell-all book, <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, or dwelling on all of the wrong things we did, but choosing to honor us by the way they speak about us.
2: Amen. Yeah. Dr. Robert Jeffress, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL in Philadelphia, senior pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, and also... Heard on Pathway to Victory, weekdays at 9.30 a.m. and several times over the weekend. Uh, You mentioned in the book, and we're we're talking about the new book, The Ten, How to Live and Love in a World that Has Lost Its Way. You can enter to win that at WFIL.com all throughout the month of October. You mentioned uh, that God's commands are freeing, which is probably one of the misconceptions people have when they think of the Ten Commandments. They feel like they're binding, that they're restrictive, that they limit their fun, they limit their anything. Speak about that. Uh, there's a I, I, there's a psalm. Well, anyway, you go first, and I have a thought to piggyback.
3: Well, I think, you know, one of the misconceptions about the Ten Commandments is that it's a list, uh, a checkoff list, that if you can check them all off, you get to go to heaven. Well, none of us, as Jesus pointed out, can obey the commands, because if we're not guilty of breaking the letter of the law, we break the spirit of the law. We're all guilty of breaking the commandments. But other people think that the commandments is a list of uh restrictions given by God, who's nothing more than a cosmic killjoy, who wants to rob us of any pleasure or life uh, possible, and that that's what the Ten Commandments were designed to do, to rob us of joy. And the opposite is true, Tim. God gave us these commandments not to repress us, but to bless us, I think about my oldest daughter, Julia. When we, she was five years old, we took her and her sister up Pikes Peak Mountain. We drove up there, winding the way up there, got to the top of the mountain. There were no guardrails at that time around the edge. We were taking a picture when suddenly Julia started running toward the edge, and I reflexively yelled out, stop. Now, my reason for yelling stop was not because I was trying to rob her of some great experience. I was to keep her from going over the cliff. And that's what these Ten Commandments are. They are moral and spiritual guardrails given not for God's benefit, but for our benefit.
2: Amen. Well, Psalm 8411 talks about, I think 8410 is where it says, our God is a sun and shield. No, no. uh, 84.10 says, better a thousand uh, one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And then the next verse talks about um, that God is not in the business of holding back from us. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Yes. And just the idea that God is good. His character is good. There's nothing about him that is about holding back from us. That whole notion of, He yeah, the, he, he's making it difficult for me until, well, I'll be glad when I die one day. But instead, it's like no, no. Even right this very minute, and every minute of your life, he's interested only in the best for you. It's quite a thing to think about. So,
3: or well, right, I, I often use the illustration. You know, when I bought a new car about five years ago, they handed me a big, thick book filled with all kinds of things I shouldn't do. It said, you know, don't text and drive at the same time. Well, I could have said, who are you to violate my freedom of speech and <laughs> communication? Yeah. Or don't recline while driving. Well, they made the to recline? Are they being overly restrictive? No, they tell me that for my benefit and safety, not for theirs. God is our manufacturer. He's our creator. When he says no sex outside of marriage, no adultery, Uh, He's not doing that because he's trying to restrict our happiness. He's the one who designed sex. He came up with the idea of sex. He said, here's how it works best between a man and a woman in the security of the marriage relationship. Any violation of that is only going to hurt you in some way.
2: Hmm. Amen. You're just uh, tuning in with Dr. Robert Jeffress from Pathway to Victory on WFIL. The new book is called The Ten, How to Live and Love in a World that has lost its way, early on in the book, you talk about, uh, I give you like a little quiz, like can you name, like how many Ten Commandments can you name without looking? And just the idea of education, it, You, you know, if you grew up in the church and you know the Ten Commandments, you may kind of mistakenly think, well, everybody knows the Ten Commandments, but maybe a lot of people don't actually know all of them or even some of them. And therefore, don't be surprised if you see some things going on in the world that are going off the rails, as you said.
3: Well, that's right. In fact, a one survey said Uh, 60% of Americans can't even name five of the Ten Commandments. And, uh, I mean, I think that uh, helps explain why we're in the mess that we're in. But, uh, you know, I really believe that our nation made a serious mistake back in 1980 when the Supreme Court decided to make it unconstitutional to post the Ten Commandments. You know, that was an amazing thing. For the first 160 years of our nation's history, that was not only allowed, it was encouraged. But some genius thought, well, we don't need God to be good. We can be good apart from God. And uh, so they said, and it's an interesting ruling, Tim, in Stone versus Graham, that but people, the Supreme Court said, if the posted copies of the commands are to have their desired effect, it might cause schoolchildren to venerate, revere, and even obey the commandments. And this is not an acceptable objective under the Establishment Clause. I mean, it was just astounding. We can't post these commands because children might actually obey them I think yeah. it would be good to post the words thou shalt not kill maybe that's the beginning point not necessarily the ending point but the beginning point for ridding our schools of school violence
2: Do you think it could ever happen in some shape or form a slow turn turn around Oh, I think it's
3: possible. I mean, God said to Israel, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, repent, and turn from their evil ways, I will hear hear their prayer and heal their land. And uh, I think uh, any nation that reveres God, the United States or any other nation, will be blessed, according to Psalm 33, verse 12. But we've got to be willing to take that first step.
2: Dr. Robert Jeffers, Senior Pastor, First Baptist Church of Dallas. You can also hear him on Pathway to Victory, weekdays at 9.30 a.m., several times on the weekend. The new book, The Ten, How to Live and Love in a World that Has Lost Its Way, Exodus chapter 20, of course, with the Ten Commandments. Did you ever, just for fun, stop and think about why they go from one to ten? I mean, the first couple maybe seem the most obvious, having no other gods, not making idols. But then they kind of, you know— it is murders at number six, steal like they it hits this it hits a rhythm, you know. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, and then there's false witness and coveting to close it out, like. Ever think about the the ordering of those?
3: Yeah, you know, the first four deal with our relationship with God, vertical relationship. The final six deal with our relationship with other people. Uh, you can't get your relationship with other people right until you start with the right relationship with God. Right. So, you know, I think that's the reason you've got the commandments divided like they are. It's interesting to me that the last one is coveting. You know, if I had written the commandments, I would have entered with something more dramatic. No murder, no adultery, no stealing. But why coveting? Well, really, when you think about it, coveting, wanting something you don't have, is the basis for most violation of all the other commandments, being discontent with where you are in life. By the way, that was the basis of the first sin in the entire universe when Lucifer, uh, now known as Satan was discontent with his uh, status uh, of head over the ark of the angels. Mm. And he said, I want something better. I want to be like God. And out of that came, of course, his fall and the fall of man as well.
2: Interesting. That's good stuff. Dr. Jeffers, it's always great talking with you. Thank you for taking time. And uh, is do you have, I'm guessing, this is the last question for you, because I know as a pastor, you have sermons you preach, and maybe sometimes they become part of books or the other way around, or feedback. It's yeah, the right? it,
3: other way around. Yeah. Uh, I write the books first, and then I preach them later on. And by the way, this uh, series, the book, The Ten, just came out yesterday. It's available at Amazon.com. And Tim, we've got a study guide that goes along with it that makes this a great book for small group Bible studies or Sunday school classes.
2: Excellent. Well, thank you for, for sharing with us. Thank you for uh, the, the you know, serving the Lord the way you you do and for sharing both now and also on the program Pathway to Victory each day on WFIL. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's Dr. Robert Jeffress, again, Senior Pastor, First Baptist Church of Dallas, and uh, Pathway to Victory is the program. You can catch him on weekdays at 9 30 a.m. and also several times over the weekend. New book is called The Ten, How to Live and Love in a World that Has Lost Its Way. You can enter to win that right on our uh, website at WFIL.com. Brief break. We'll come back with much more. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL.
1: Have a guest you'd like to hear on The Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email D at
2: wfil.com. It's 418, the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you also to Mike Lindell and my pillow for teaming up with us. Mike has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of his or her life. So you know about the pillow. Perhaps you have one like I do. 80 million of them have been sold the past 20 years. But Mike knows there's more to just sleeping with a pillow that you like. How about the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, made from the world's best cotton called Giza, these are sheets that are very ultra soft, very breathable, but extremely durable. They come with a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose, a 10-year warranty. You're in good shape. All you do is go to uh, MyPillow.com, Radio Podcast Square, and make sure to use the promo code TIM, T-I-M. Why would you do that? I think you can figure that out. You'll get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets if you do. That means you can get a set for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. Two different ways, MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, use promo code TIM, or you can call them toll-free, 800-892-6405, 800-892-6405. And again, use the promo code TIM. You'll also wind up getting discounts on all the other stuff, the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, the kitchen towel sets, and a lot more. One more time, the number is 800-892-6405 or at MyPillow.com. Tomorrow is a couple of things. The $18,000 gas and groceries giveaway will wrap up at midnight. So you still have time to get in on that. You could win gas and groceries for a year, up to $10,000 worth. There are other prize levels up to $500 or $1,000 in those things, which would be really cool. You can actually enter today and tomorrow. Tomorrow. And there are bonus entries for sharing on Facebook and things like that. So check it out. That ends tomorrow at midnight, the $18,000 gas and groceries giveaway. Also, tomorrow, bring your Bible to school day. It's the first Thursday of every October. It's sponsored by Focus on the Family, and it's an initiative that empowers students across the country to celebrate religious freedom. Keyword celebrate. It's not a chore, it's not a heavy thing, it's celebrating our religious freedom and the ability to share God's love by bringing God's word to school and in different ways, sharing that word. You can find out more in our conversation coming up in just a couple of moments with Emerson Collins, who is in charge of that endeavor with focus on the family, bring your Bible to school day. And we'll chat with him about that and how you can also get more info on it. Cause even though it's the 11th hour, so to speak, there's still time for you to participate or help your son or daughter, or grandson or granddaughter be a part of that tomorrow. Before we uh, have Emerson join us, had a fun time at the Phillies last night. I've uh, worked in radio for a lot of years and have gone intermittently to the Phillies and the Eagles and the Flyers more as a relationship building thing, not as a reporter per se, but uh, to have, uh, you know, over time, a chance to get to know some of the folks in the organization. Could be a player, could be a coach, could be someone who works in, in the you know one of the different departments. And then have them on the program. And a lot of the times those, those people are believers and they share their faith and, and the craft that they are are part of, the work that they do. And sometimes it's just to get to know the organization and help you as a fan as you listen in to know what's going on with the organization. Of course, now the Phillies specifically are in the playoffs. And last night they won their first game against Miami, 4-1. to one. An exciting game on a lot of fronts. The crowd was electric. It was sold out, 45,000-plus people there. And the way it works, I haven't, I haven't been down there as much the last five years, but I went last night and uh, have been going a little bit this season. And the way it works during the playoffs, so you kind of get a rhythm for this, is the day before a pitcher is going to pitch, he talks with the media. So yesterday, Aaron Nola, who's starting tonight... Talked with us at four o'clock yesterday, so it's to give him the opportunity and in, in the media to ask questions and interact. But then he needs to go work on being ready for tonight. So a pitcher gets a full twenty-four hours ahead to do their media stuff and then move out. But then they will bring in different players at different times. Uh, who it's less about that, you know, being a pitcher and preparing to pitch is is a full blown uh, you know strategy thing. I'm sure the, all the other players have their meetings too and, and how to go about things. But it's different than a pitcher. Uh, Bryce Harper, for example, met with the media before the game, and uh, he's going to play that night. And um, you know, unlike Aaron Nola, and he also talked after the game, had a chance to be in a little media thing with uh, Bryce Harper after the game, and he talked a bit about the family that the team is and that the fans are with the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that's
0: that's what this team's all about, man. We're a family in here, and you know, it's forty thousand people out there plus twenty six. I started last year as well. And, I mean, it's just. We all, you know, vibe the same way, and we have such a great team, such good personalities in here that that match so well with this fan base in the city as well, and um, just a lot of fun. Like I said, we just got to keep this going, um, leave no doubt. Understand that uh, you know that's a really good team over there, and it's it's nice to be able to win that first one, um, but we have got to take care of business and uh, and get it done.
2: That's Bryce Harper after last night's four one win over Miami. One of those runs Bryce himself scored. If you're watching in the eighth inning. He was on first base, and Nick Castellanos hit a double to left field, which is usually a sign that the runner on first is going to go only to third, because the throw from left field to home is much shorter than from center or right field. But uh, you, if you watched the game, you saw Harper was had a full head of steam, and he just blew right around third and and scored. And uh, you could tell, like, and he stood up with a big, mm. and, you know, he, you can tell. he. I mean, he is a leader. He is probably the leader on the team, and uh, you can believe that he wants to lead this team to a World Series title as much as anybody else. Uh, also, after the game, had a chance to be in a little uh, deal with Zach Wheeler speaking with the media, and the, the feeling that he got, you know, at this point, the reporter asked him a question, like, you, know, you pitched a couple hundred innings, and it's, it's October, you've been pitching all year long and yet you looked amazing out there tonight with your pitches. Like, how do you have the strength to uh, to do that?
0: I don't know, honestly. Um, I mean, it's got to be the atmosphere and the adrenaline going. You know, as soon as I step, step foot out of the dugout to go stretch out there in the bullpen, the crowd went nuts, and I got chills. So, you know, it started right there, and I think of this kind of carries into me, you know, throwing the baseball. You
2: know, definitely helps. That's Zach Wheeler, who pitched a strong game last night. Officially, got my score sheet here six and two thirds innings, five hits, one run, struck out, eight, didn't walk anybody through an even hundred pitches, 67 for strikes. Uh, so that was Zach Wheeler, the adrenaline. It was cool to hear him say, I got chills. You know, he's been playing baseball for a decade, and for him to, you know, and he's been in the playoffs, so he knows what it feels like, but the fans make a huge difference. Uh, does he feel appreciated because some people may say he's a quiet guy in a lot of ways and maybe he goes under the radar some
0: i just feel like i'm you know doing my job honestly um you know that's, that's why i came here and that's why the Phillies saw me is the pitch like i am so maybe some people didn't expect it or you know were scared of it at first because of my history but um, i knew what i was capable of and um, you know, it's been fun. It's been a fun ride. And, you
2: know, making it to the postseason, there's nothing like it. Get to the postseason, there's nothing like it. Zach Wheeler, and he talked about his history there. I think it has to do with his medical history. and But the Phillies have certainly benefited from him being on the team. Somebody else who's become a fan favorite is Trey Turner, their shortstop. And last December, there was a press conference announcing his signing to a 10-year contract with the team. And at that press conference he was asked why did you pick Philadelphia of course it's a it's a nice contract so there's no arguing that that would be a draw but he said at that press conference when he would play Uh, whether he was whatever team he was with, he was with the Nationals, I think he was with the Dodgers. He he said, you could feel, again, the Philadelphia fans like you and watching on TV. He's like, I want to be part of that. He was watching, I believe what he said was he watched the Phillies march to the World Series last year and said, I want to be part of that. So say what you will, you know, athletes certainly uh, have, many times have a good contract. That's a big part of it. But there's other stuff that comes with it and certainly the responsibility of living up to it. But they're, they're, Competitive. You better believe they want to win, and they want to hone their craft and all that. So Trey Turner saying when he saw the Phillies, just the camaraderie. He's like, "That's something I'd love to be a part of, if at all possible." So last night was the very first game he got to experience being a Philadelphia Philly on a playoff team. How did it feel? Yeah, it was uh, it was electric. It was a lot of fun, you know, from the start.
3: I think intros was pretty funny. I, I laughed, you know, just. Energy
2: and watching the other team kind of have to deal with it is always kind of fun. And, but they were good; they were good, uh, you know, all game uh, from the first inning. And, um, on the feet, every two strikes, it was just—it was fun to be part of. It. Yeah, so it's a little muddy, but I mean, it's the best audio I can get. At the, uh, he spoke kind of quietly, uh, and it wasn't—he wasn't sitting near the mic, mic directly in this at the podium. But what he said was, you know, the fans are on their feet when there's two strikes. We're about to strike the other guy out. And how he was watching the other team, the Miami Marlins, have to deal with forty-five thousand plus screaming fans. So it's exactly what he was hoping for. Except now he's quote unquote on the right side of it. Last clip I want to play for you here before the game. I mentioned Aaron Nola spoke with the media at four o'clock, and you know he's kind of a chill guy. Uh, at least outwardly, that's how he presents himself. Very competitive, but in a very you know, um, steady way. And I asked him a question about, well, how is it How is it like for you when you're out there and you're hearing all these fans sh- screaming and cheering and the energy's high? How do you stay grounded? A little bit easier since I
4: kind of experienced it last year. I know to expect a little bit more. But I'm just going to treat it like another game because it is another game, right? It's just that uh, later on in the season, a certain amount of teams are in the postseason. So obviously it's a little bit bigger stake than... than a game during the year, but it's still another game, still the same game, and I still got
2: to go out and, and make my pitches. Aaron Nola, the Phillies, who's starting tonight after asking him a question last night about staying grounded. And if you know, you know, if you've heard players say this before in the playoffs for any sport, as you might imagine, the heart rate can go up, the nerves can be higher, you're on a bigger stage, and they will sometimes throw the phrase around or the, uh, you know, having a low heartbeat a player who's able to stay calm and not get rushed and and you know grip the bat tighter or do things tremendously different than, from what got them there. And Nola was speaking to that and saying in a way it really it really is not just another game to minimize it by saying it's another game. It's just it is the next step. I need to do the same things I always do. In order to accomplish, you know, what I want to accomplish, and so in that way, you, you don't want to get too hype up because it really can affect your performance, and you want to stay as calm as you can. So we'll see tonight. Could I mean tonight? Phil's win, strong performance from Nola, would go a long way toward that, and would uh, move the, the Phillies into the next round. So it's a wild card round they're in. They're up one nothing over Miami, and they win tonight. Eight oh eight pitch, first pitch against Miami. They win tonight. They move on to play Atlanta, I believe it is, and then uh, if they happen to not win the night, then they would play game three, the deciding game, also at home tomorrow night. One round at a time, they have the division series, and then you have the championship series, and then you have the world series. So there's a, a road ahead, 13 wins, as the team talks about. They have one of them so far. And you can only win them one at a time. Certainly, something to be learned from a life perspective there as well. You can only do one thing at a time, and that's how God set it up. So gratefully and thankfully, we have Him to walk with. Aaron is a believer, by the way, and uh, hopefully we'll get a, get him on the program sometime. Don't know if it, it may need to be the off season when things are a little less, you know, busy. But good to make his acquaintance last night and chat a bit. Quick break. Looking forward to bringing Emerson Collins on because tomorrow is Bring Your Bible to School Day, and he is in charge of that with Focus on the Family. So Emerson Collins joining us next, Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening
1: to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.
2: AM 560 WFIL, it's the Tim DeMoss Show. Glad to bring on board Emerson Collins, program manager for Bring Your Bible to School Day, and uh, certainly involved with the Live It challenges too at Focus on the Family. How are you doing? Doing great, Tim. Thanks for having me. Is my intro correct? Has anything changed? Have they added responsibilities? (laughs) No, no, that's correct. (laughs) That's good. Uh, We want to get into, obviously, Bring Your Bible to School Day is tomorrow. So take the floor for a second. Just lay it out. It's the first Thursday in October every year, I understand, right?
4: It is, yep, yep. And it's an opportunity for students to celebrate, arguably, I believe, two of the most important freedoms we could ever have in this life. Um, Here in the States, we're blessed. We can celebrate the freedom of speech that we have. Uh, We're protected under our First Amendment rights to bring uh, our Bibles to school and to even have a conversation with your friends during a free period or, or whatnot about Christ and the gospel. And then the second freedom, I think the most important freedom, is the freedom we have in Jesus Christ that we also get to celebrate this Thursday.
2: What are, what are a couple of basic ways it can kind of play out over the course of the day? So someone's tuning in and they're thinking, even though it's short notice in a way, it's still doable, so people shouldn't be thrown by that. So someone wants to they take their Bible to school. It's in the title, for starters, right? Physical Bible?
4: That's correct. Yep. The How you participate is you bring your physical Bible to school. I encourage you to carry it openly with you uh, to classes and in between classes, even keep it on your desk if possible. And then if you have a free period or if you have a free reading period, you can read your Bible or even during lunch. Uh, the second piece of participation is to just start a conversation about the Bible, about Christ, um, something that then you get to show that you're unashamedly a follower of Jesus.
2: Is there a tangible way of, uh, or, or other ways to maybe draw people in? Because I could, I could also see people feeling like, I don't know how I'm going to start this conversation or like I, this feels a little different for me than what I'm normally you know, doing or maybe it comes more organically. So any tangible practical uh, hints or ways people could, students could actually go about it?
4: Yeah, well, one of the ways that students like to participate is by bringing extra Bibles. So you're carrying your Bible openly, and you can just say, hey, today's Bring Your Bible School Day. Do you want a Bible? And then you can give them a Bible to participate as well. Maybe they didn't know, uh, but obviously questions will begin to arise if they're not familiar with the Bible. And hopefully you can from there, you don't have to have all the answers, but you can start a Bible study club or just a regular time to meet with this person to talk about the Bible and the book maybe you just gave them.
2: Yeah, Emerson, I uh, read on the website, uh, and maybe you could point before I go further, if people want to dive in and find out more about Bring Your Bible to School Day, which is tomorrow, is there a best place on Focus's site or a standalone site for the, the information on how to prepare and what to do?
4: Yeah, we have our website, bringyourbible.org, that includes everything you need to get ready for the day. We've got prayer guides, conversation guides. Uh, we also have various resources for that follow-up I was mentioning earlier, if you want to start a Bible study. Uh, we've got merchandise. I know it's really close to the day, uh, but we still have digital posters and whatnot uh, ready to just for you guys to use. It's completely free on our website, bringyourbible.org.
2: Okay, bringyourbible.org. I love that idea of a Bible study because it kind of speaks to the fact that you don't have to have it all happen. You know, it's got all all or nothing tomorrow, and it speaks to the relationship you would hope to have anyway over time. So maybe that's That's a That's correct. Yeah
4: yeah yeah my my prayer is that students would take this day and it would launch into a faith movement in your heart and also in the, in the hearts of people at your school. Don't be don't don't put it all on one day. Uh, don't worry. You can stretch out the relationships. you can you can create a a, a group, a Bible study group, or a Christian activities club at your school, and we're so ready to work with you to do that.
2: Emerson Collins is with us from Focus on the Family Program Manager for Bring Your Bible to School Day, which is tomorrow, all day, and I guess it doesn't really matter what school, public or private or homeschool, I mean, other school situations, virtual school, that you know, it's for everybody. Tim,
4: that's correct, and especially homeschoolers and uh, charter schoolers, private schoolers, you guys, I encourage you to make it a, a Bring Your Bible Day, where you can carry your Bible to uh, to to sports practice or to the grocery store, you can still be a light for your communities.
2: As far as preparing, to Emerson, I'm thinking, uh, depending on what a person may envision, they may feel like they need to kind of shore up in their own minds. Like it's a good practice. Right? Where am I in my own walk with the Lord? And maybe maybe gravitate toward an area they feel most comfortable talking about. It could be something simple, a verse they've read or a passage that they know. Uh, that that would come naturally. Is there any advice for people, students specifically or parents helping their children kind of get ready to think about, well, what's one one thing I can kind of hang my hat on as I, as I go to school tomorrow that I can feel most comfortable with?
4: Yeah, I think the first thing you can feel most comfortable with, and I, I hope that a story that hopefully all of us are familiar with is the story of Jesus. Uh, it's the it's the the repeated story throughout all of Scripture: the creation of the world, the fall of man, uh, the redemption that was brought through through Jesus Christ now being sent to to restore us back to. Uh, to God, and then uh, finally this restoration that's happening, this final transformation of our lives to be more like him and to be better life givers in this world and in the next. Um, so uh, those four arcs of the Bible, I encourage people to just familiar familiarize ourselves with uh, in the story of Christ coming as our Savior uh, who saved us.
2: Bring your Bible to school day again tomorrow, Thursday, the 5th of October. Student-led also is is a key. Maybe, maybe just paint a little bit more of a picture about what it is and what it isn't, and, and the best way to go about it.
4: Yes. Yes. So it is a student-led event, and uh, the reason for that is because students are protected uh, under the First Amendment in their schools uh, to be bold witnesses for the gospel. Uh, now, we have other participants as well. Don't get me wrong. We have, we have teachers. We have bus drivers as well. But if you're a parent or a teacher or someone, an adult trying to participate in the day, uh, I encourage you to just check with your school policies, uh, with your state laws as well, just on how you can be involved, uh, because that tends to vary from situation to situation. But students, you guys are all protected under the First Amendment, so you guys, in a lot of ways, have the ability, the superpower, to go and be just a bold ambassador for Jesus at your school.
2: I know we've been talking about this, uh, folks tuning in. with chat with Emerson Collins, he's program manager for Bring Your Bible to School Day with Focus on the Family. Uh, you know, we talk about bring your Bible, but also bring what's in it, <laughs> so to speak, mm-hmm. in terms of how you actually share. Or how you go about the day itself the what you know love and compassion and kindness among other things in there so
4: yeah that's totally correct how we live out the truth of scripture is probably more important than just uh bringing it and reading it
2: yeah chatting with emerson collins with focus on the family bring your bible to school day as tomorrow bring your org for more info one um one thing i read through like in the do's and don'ts had to do with don't be afraid including the fact you're allowed to share. You can read your Bible during free time. You can make sure you're not interrupting class with somebody else, but you're allowed to talk about these things. But also when I read that, I thought about just don't be afraid. There's a lot of verses in Scripture where the Lord says, do not fear. Isaiah 41.10 says that, I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's one of the most well-known ones. But there are a lot of times in Scripture the Lord knows we may have a little fear going into this different situations, and that's okay, but do not fear. I am with you.
4: That is totally correct. And another verse is Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that promise is still true today.
2: Emerson, just so folks understand, too, bring your Bible to school day. How, what year is this of doing it?
4: Uh, this will be the ninth year of Bring Your Bible to School Day, and okay. uh, we're we're shaping up to have over a million students participate.
2: Wow, because l- last year was close to that, but not quite. It was a high 800s or something, I think,
4: right? Yep, yep. About 875,000 students participated last year.
2: Okay, so it's growing, which is a great thing. What What have you learned, because you've been—and how many of those nine years have you been working with, the last few or— uh,
4: yeah, I've just been here for the last two bringer Bibles, so okay. it's been uh, graciously passed down to me now.
2: So, well, what have you seen? Like, because I'm thinking there's lots to be learned. Oh, we could do this better. Oh, we could advise that person. We learned this, and people in Minnesota that told us about this, and we and you spread it around. You know, just even how to relate to the administration of your school, out of respect for them. And what do you, what maybe as a courtesy, you let them know I'm going to hang a poster or I have my Bible. Why, are, why are these kids have these Bibles? Like. So your ongoing testimony has also done well, but that's just an example. But anything in particular that you've learned that might be helpful for people listening in to know about?
4: Yeah, well, uh when it comes to legal protection, there's a key word here, uh, non-disruptively participating. So you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Uh, that means that I'm not interrupting the learning that's happening at my school. So there are ways to respectfully and, and politely participate in the day. And so just remember that one word, non-disruptively. Now, that ought not discourage you from being a bold witness for Christ, from uh, not being fearful as you go and share the word. But hopefully that just encourages you in the right direction how you can participate in a very effective way.
2: Still time for folks to get on board for Bring Your Bible to School Day, which is tomorrow, although Emerson, I'm guessing you, are working on this most of the year leading up to it, not just uh, the previous few weeks.
4: I am. Yeah, I work on this all throughout the year. And I'm actually uh, the manager for the Live It Challenge at Focus on the Family as well, where our whole goal is to create challenges like Bring Your Bible to School Day that you can participate throughout the year.
2: Which I love. What are are some other things under that umbrella for the Live It Challenges?
4: Yeah, well, we've clumped in other faith events, if you don't know about them, like See You at the Pole or the Dare to Share live event, opportunities for young people to come together and advance the gospel in their schools. We also connect you with other resources for witnessing to your campus, uh, like Nine Month Mission Trip or LifeWise Academy, if you haven't heard about them. They work with parents and teachers to create curriculum during school hours where students can study the Bible. So we, are, we uh, create activities like that, also starting your own Bible. Bible study or Bible club, uh, having your own Christian movie night where you can invite your friends over to your your home and watch a, an awesome movie and talk about the themes of Christ in it. Activities just like that to help build the faith in the home.
2: Amen. By the way, I just touched on it earlier, referenced the idea of bringing a physical copy of the Bible to school rather than just in your phone, so to speak. Not that that's bad, but just your thoughts on actually bringing something in on the day of Bring Your Bible to School Day and, of course, year-round.
4: Yeah, well, well, Tim, uh, it would be a massively successful campaign, uh, bring your phone to school day, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) But um, there is something to be said about bringing your physical Bible to school that says, I am unashamedly a follower of Jesus. And, And not only that, but you can bring your personal notes and highlights ready to go with that physical Bible so that you can guide people through your favorite passage of scripture uh, that you hopefully have maybe have some notes on or some highlights that you would love to hit that spoke to you that the holy spirit is just ready to work in
2: it's a great point being able to highlight scripture as you read it and next time you read it you see what you were thinking the time before and over time it builds into something pretty special emerson collins our guest program manager for bring your bible to school day with focus on the family of course you can hear the radio broadcast with Jim Daly weekdays at 7 a.m. on WFIL. Emerson, recently we had Dr. Lori Santos from Yale on the program. She has a podcast called The Happiness Lab, birthed out of a class she's taught at Yale that was very popular. And in that class, she'd have students coming up to her saying, I wish I'd learned some of this earlier. I don't know that she's a believer, but um, some of the stuff she was saying was, was very good, like the importance of gratitude. She asked herself, well, if I was trying to reach people before now when they're in college where would i go so she wound up teaming up with sesame street and on the podcast we had their vp of um, curriculum and content on dr truglio and also grover was on the program so it was a lot of fun but it makes me think about the hard work you're doing focus and helping encourage students because focus's work is of course as you know teaching and helping singles helping adults helping marriages you're working with youth on this, and what a noble and important task.
4: Tim, you're 100% right. And this, the, the ground is so fertile and ready for the gospel to go forth. Um, and, and impacting kids at such a young age and giving them activities like bring your Bible to school day or see so you at the poll, opportunities for them to own their faith. We have found a Focus on the Family is one of the best ways to pass down our faith as parents, uh, as mentors or leaders uh, to our
2: students. Amen. Well, keep up the good work. Emerson Collins, Program Manager for Bring Your Bible to School Day, which is tomorrow. Bringyourbible.org for more info on that. Also, Emerson working with the Livet Challenges at Focus on the Family. It all ties together, and I'm sure the more you're able to work and reach youth, that positively helps the other ministries that Focus on the Family is working with.
4: Yeah, that's right, Tim. It's such an honor to to serve families, to, to be uh, there for families that are hurting and, and students that need help reaching their friends. God has seriously blessed this ministry uh, to come alongside families and and just encourage them in the faith. And our tagline is helping families thrive in Christ. And that's exactly what we want to do.
2: Is there anything people can pray for you about specifically? These days.
4: Well, uh, I mean, uh, the, the day, definitely bring your Bible to school day. It's been crazy busy over here for me and my job. Um, but personally, if, if, if you're lifting up a prayer, I did just get married a couple months ago and it, it, that's, that's just been thrown in there as well. And, uh, she has a son who's also going to be participating in bring your Bible to school day this year. So it's a busy time for myself personally and also just for the program and also for the ministry. Please pray for Focus on the Family as we continue to advance the gospel uh, in all of our different areas of influence.
2: Amen. That's great. Emerson, thank you for taking time today, and God bless you. Keep up the great work. Tim, thank you so much for having me. God bless. You too. It's Emerson Collins, program manager for Bring Your Bible to School Day, which is tomorrow. Find out more at bringyourbible.org. He's also uh, directing with the Live It challenges that Focus on the Family does. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app.
1: It's The Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your life
3: when
2: you happy to be alive. with the you you AM560WFIL.com on the app, Reliant K. they one they've gotta be one of my top ten favorite bands of all time. And a song I can't resist playing on a day like today. High of 75, it's actually 80 today, but who's going to quibble over a few degrees? Beautiful day, supposed to actually, FYI, get into the 60s the uh, next few days, uh, later in the weekend and then heading into next week. So enjoy the sunshine and all that. It was actually the, mentioned earlier, I was at the Phillies game and I heard a couple of people from out of town saying, why is it 80 degrees in Philadelphia right now? Like, well, I'm not going to complain about it, but yeah, you're right. In October, she said. In October, this is kind of nuts, but it's a nice thing, nice problem to have, especially if you go to the ball game to enjoy a gorgeous evening. And if not, certainly plenty of uh, things you can do as well, and and uh, enjoy that sunshine and a cool evening. And same for tomorrow. And then it starts to get a little cool, a little rainier, and then into the uh, 60s over the weekend. So let's see a couple things to round out the show. We had a couple special guests today. Kicked it off with Doctor uh, Doctor Robert Jefferson, Pathway to Victory, which you can catch weekdays at 9:30 in the morning. And several times over the weekend, Dr. Jeffers has a brand new book out called The Ten, How to Live and Love in a World that Has Lost Its Way. We're given the away all month long. So get to WFL.com when you can and get entered to Win that book. It's on The Ten Commandments. And then Emerson Collins just joined us a little while ago there, program manager for Bring Your Bible to School Day, which is tomorrow, not too late to get involved. Bring your Bible to school day tomorrow. Live at challenges or something else that Focus on the Family also works on. Like, how do you live your faith out? I, I love that. See you at the poll, things like that. So you can uh, find out more at bringyourbible.org. I believe that was the website that Emerson gave. So those couple of guests we just had today. We have a lot of podcasts on our site working on getting more up there. Actually, honestly, there's <laughs> I'm behind <laughs> putting them up there. But we're – Playing good catch up. We've had some uh, really enjoyable conversations, and many of them are there, and more yet to come. A wide variety of guests. It's a, this program is for the Lord, and uh, we pray it's an encouragement to you. If you're a believer, and if you're not a believer, that you would hear what's on the program and might give consideration to this God of the universe who loves you and sent a Son for you. That's what. That's what John chapter three. Uh, talks about John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that includes you. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Great news, and that's John three sixteen. So take it to heart if you have not yet, and uh, let Him be your Lord. Let Him guide you and direct you, and provide for you. John 3, 16, just one of many, but an amazing verse at the, uh, at the heart of the gospel. Thanks for listening in today. Alistair Begg, Truth for Life, is on the way next. And uh, look forward to doing the program again tomorrow. Have a great night.